Perhaps you are familiar with the term wintertime blues. You know what I'm talking about. As the days grow shorter and the temperatures drop, you know, many people feel their mood and their energy go into a slump as well. We're in daylight savings time and it is really light in the morning and it starts to get dark around 5.15 right now. So it's kind of uh, a time to adjust. And when that sun goes down, boy, oh boy, does it affect a lot of things in your lives. So today is the third and final episode of The Perfect Storm. First couple weeks, we talked about sugar the first week, and the next week we talked about inactivity and movement and exercise and how important that is to keep ourselves healthy. And so today we're going to talk about vitamin D, the sunlight, and what we need to do to stay healthy. Do we do supplements? What happens when we have not enough vitamin D? What happens if we have too much? So I hope you enjoy this episode of Vitamin D deficiency. Happy day. This is the Wellness 717 Podcast. I'm Dr. Jeff Ludwig. I'm the host of this show. This is sponsored by Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. And the aim of this show is to give this community information so you can make smart, safe, and sane healthcare decisions. So as I say, relax and enjoy the show. So as we begin here today, let's just do an overview about vitamin D. Everyone's heard about it and people know that there's vitamin D3 and a vitamin D2 and so forth. And so I think most of us know that we need to take vitamin D3 and we'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. But vitamin D is a nutrient that your body needs for building and maintaining healthy bones. I think we all know that, right? We see that on milk products, right? Calcium and vitamin D. And if you listen to my previous podcast, we talk about how minerals and vitamins work together. So vitamin D is important. And that's because your body can only absorb calcium, and that's the primary component of bone, when vitamin D is present, right? The vitamin minerals have to work together so it's bioavailable to your body. Vitamin D also regulates many other cellular functions in your body. It's an anti-inflammatory, it's an antioxidant, it's a neuroprotector, and it has properties that support your immune system, your muscle function, and your brain cell activity. So I think it's pretty important, don't you? So when we go to a doctor to get blood tests, whether they're regular or just getting our physical or we have some other health issue, What's been happening now is the doctors are actually looking to see how much vitamin D is in your body. So the challenge is with most things we talk about getting your nutrients, we, we always talk about, well, let's, let's let food be your medicine. Let's get your nutrients from food. But the challenge is vitamin D isn't really naturally found in many foods at all. But you can get it from things like fortified milk, fortified cereal, Fatty fish such as salmon, 
mackerel, sardines. I don't, I don't even like those fishes. So you probably know this, but your body also makes vitamin D when direct sunlight converts a chemical in your skin and it makes it into an active form of vitamin D. So there's a bunch of evidence out there and research on vitamin D for specific conditions. There are studies with cancer, cognitive health, inherited bone disorders, multiple sclerosis, uh, osteomalacia, osteoporosis, right? We've heard of that before. Osteopenia is a step before. Psoriasis plays an important part in it as well. And a condition called rickets, which is a rare condition that develops in children when they have a vitamin D deficiency. So there are some studies, although there's more studies that are needed to see if vitamin D can help all these things. But if you're going to be taking a supplementation anyways because you get the blood results back and it shows that your vitamin D is low, there could be added benefits that you're not even aware of. Now, as we get into talking about how much vitamin D we should be taking, it should be noted that not only do we have deficiencies in vitamin D, we need to be concerned at times, and it's very rare, that there's a toxicity, mean, meaning taking too much vitamin D. You can have anorexia, uh, weight loss, you can have an irregular heartbeat, and you can have hardening of the blood vessels and tissues due to an increase of blood levels of calcium, potentially leading to damage uh, to your hearts and to your kidneys. So too much vitamin D can be a problem as well. Or most blood tests that I've viewed with my patients, I haven't really seen one person had too much vitamin D, but we need to be aware of it, especially if we're going to supplement because we can't really get a lot of vitamin D in just natural foods. So let me give you a few steps that you can do um, just to help increase your vitamin D in your body. And I want to go through these five ways just so that you can do that and you have some options. So number one, we talked about the sunlight. Just go outdoors, even when it's cold. There is sunlight out there, even in the wintertime. In fact, I know people that uh, have a bald head and um, out in the wintertime, their head can still get burnt from the sun. So the sun is out there. So it's really hard to say exactly how much daylight you need each day. But the time of the day and the distance from the equator both affect the sunlight in various ways. And I know this because when I lived in Atlanta when I was in chiropractic school, right, you're closer to the equator and 80 degrees in Atlanta would be a different intensity of 80 degrees, say, in central Pennsylvania. Plus, there's a lot of variables as well. You know, your age, your skin color, um, older people and those with darker skin, they need more sunlight. And even a city's smog levels can affect how much light shines through and determines how much vitamin D that you actually get. But the biggest variable is the season. There was a study from Spain and people met their vitamin D requirements with just seven minutes of sunlight in July. So what we're talking about, number one, we're in Spain where the sun is more direct to you, closer to the equator, and we're talking about the middle of the summer, July. But in Spain, in this study, 
Also in January, they needed more than two hours of sun. So you see what I'm getting at? It really depends where you are and what time of season. And season, once again, tends to be the biggest variable. When the temperature drops, you should actually make an even bigger effort to get outdoors. And that's difficult for a lot of people. Now, some people worry about getting uh, skin cancer, right? The Skin Cancer Foundation said you should still wear sunscreen uh, on exposed skin. And they say an SPF of 15 filters out about 93% of the UVB rays. But there's also studies that show you're not getting enough vitamin D because you have too much sunscreen. So, right, we're darned if we do, darned if we don't. So when you have this sunscreen on, that means that 70% of the rays still reach your skin. So you need to protect yourself from skin cancer, but you also need to focus on still producing vitamin D. So this is stuff that you're going to have to research for yourself a little bit. You're going to do a little trial and error. Certainly sunscreen is important, but the vitamin D, as far as this talk goes, is important too to improve your health. Now, with that in mind, there's also studies that show how light therapy can help ease the symptoms of depression, right? But you don't want to be sitting in a, uh, a sun booth or a tanning bed too long. There's a lot of people that are sort of addicted to that too. Maybe they do it before they go to Florida in the wintertime to make sure they have a tan. You have to be careful with these tanning beds. So number two, include foods that contain vitamin D in your diet. And as we mentioned before, it's really hard to find these dudes because there's very few foods that are naturally good sources of vitamin D. Now, if you have a fatty fish, um, they're, they're perhaps the best. So a three ounce salmon filet delivers 71% of your daily intake of vitamin D. And then you have other vitamin D-rich foods to eat in the winter include things like mushrooms and egg yolks. But the easiest source of vitamin D is often dairy. But milk isn't a natural source of vitamin D. But food manufacturers started fortifying it, right? Putting it in synthetically. Um, With the vitamin in the 1930s, they started doing that. This has helped combat childhood rickets. That's, That's why they began that back in... 1930s. Kids that don't have enough vitamin D can end up with rickets. So when we're talking about dairy, that makes yogurt and many cheeses a good sources of vitamin D. And you can also get vitamin D from many breakfast cereals, which are also fortified. Now, I'm not big into the processed foods. And when I see things like fortified, you think that's a a really good word, but it's synthetically being put back in your food. We're talking about processed foods most of the times. When you see things, as we mentioned before in a podcast, when something is enriched, enriched doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. Um, It means they took something out and they're putting stuff back in. So you have to look at the words uh, when we're talking about nutrition and when we read the labels. But fortified means they're, they're trying to put vitamin D back in the food product. So a third thing you can do is just to take a supplement. And they are not all created equal. You need to know the company where you're getting it. Um, My biggest suggestion for you is to look for companies, not by their name, but more importantly, do they synthesize their, um, their supplement or do they cold press it? 
So these two names, now if they synthesize it, they won't talk about it because synthesizing means that you overheated the product. So it ends up burning away the enzyme. You don't get the quality, in this case, vitamin D that you should be getting. I suggest you look for companies, and there's very few of them, maybe 5% of supplement companies do this, look for cold-pressed process. That means that's just the name of saying that we heat up the product, in this case, vitamin D again, but we're not heating it up past 112, some people say 117 degrees. And when you keep that temperature low and you still break down the food to put it into a tablet or a capsule or a powder for that matter, what happens is is that the, the product, vitamin D, is more bioavailable to you. So just because you see on a label it has this many international units or milligrams or percentage of daily value, you need to know how that product is made. There's a lot of uh, really cool companies out there, really cool names, Nature's Made, all this Nature This, Nature That. And and the uh, marketing is great, but you do need to know the company and how they make them. Unless you're eating a lot of fish and dairy, it can be really hard to get all your vitamin D through food. And that's why the Harvard Chan School of Public Health says that supplements are more reliable than diet alone for vitamin D. There was a large study published in the journal of the um, BMJ, and the researchers link vitamin D supplements with a 15% lower chance of cancer death. Our government, the U.S. government, which I don't trust all the time, (laughs) they say that they consider 400 to 800 international units per day, depending on your age, to be adequate. But many people require more. So you need to talk to your doctor. Let's see if they know what they're talking about. Vitamin D, once again, is part of a lot of blood tests now. And they can help you decide if that's the right amount for you. Uh, Once again, they may take a blood sample to test your vitamin D levels before making a recommendation. I would suggest doing that. So most over-the-counter vitamin D supplements generally contain between 800 and, say, 2,000 international units. And there may be what they call, quote-unquote, prescription strength supplements. Uh, They can be several times stronger. But once again, you have to know the company. You have to know how they process the vitamin. So let's say you go get your blood work done, and it reveals that you have low levels of vitamin D. Or you're experiencing symptoms of deficiency, which would be stuff like fatigue. Um, You would have muscle aches, cramps, weakness, for instance. It's important to remember that supplements do take time to work. That means it may take a few months to experience a noticeable improvement. I've noticed that with my patients. Uh, if I give them a supplement, yeah, generally things don't happen within two weeks, usually a month, up to three months. You got to get that you got to get that nutrient, in this case vitamin D into your system. So if the if your doctor recommends a vitamin D supplement, you'll probably be told to wait four to six months before getting your levels checked again. So the question you're probably asking, well, how much I take? You gave me a range. Let me get a little more specific. So there are some recommended amounts uh, for vitamin D, and you need to focus on these different levels and listen to your body. And the goal is to create normal calcium metabolism because remember, vitamin D works with calcium. So... It assumes that you're getting a little or minimal sun exposure. So 
The RDA, the recommended daily allowance for adults 19 and older, is 600 IUs. That's about 15 MCGs. And that's for men and women. And for adults that are older than 70, it is 800 IUs. So there's a discrepancy um, on how much vitamin D we should be taking. So you need to read through a couple uh, journals, if you will, or studies. You can certainly look this up and Google it. And I wouldn't go for the recommendation of a nutritional company. I would look at the people, the scientists that actually look at this stuff. And one was the Institute of Medicine released a study in November of 2010, which was a while ago. And it recommends increasing the daily vitamin D intake for children and adults in the U.S. and Canada up to 600 IUs per day, as we mentioned a second ago. The report also increase the upper limits from 2,000 to 4,000 international units per day. So what they're saying, you should be supplements, um, depending on how old you are, go from not just 600 to 800. They're suggesting from 600 international units per day to two to 4,000 IUs per day. But, you know, some groups such as the Endocrine Society, they recommend 1,500 to 2,000 international units daily to reach an adequate levels of vitamin D. Most of the people in this community are not even taking a vitamin D supplement. In fact, some of you, especially women, because you're worried about osteoporosis, um, you may be taking a calcium supplement. And you need to get this. If you're taking a calcium supplement, you need to take vitamin D with it or it won't be bioavailable. And you end up, we have women that take a lot of um, um, calcium supplements here in our office and, and without me knowing it and educating them, what happens is they end up with kidney stones. And because what happens is when you, when you take calcium without the vitamin D, it doesn't get to where it's needed. It doesn't get to your bones. It doesn't get to your skin. And vitamin K is a part of this too. And vitamin A, we can get into that a little deeper, maybe on another episode. I would put a ton of money down and bet that most of the people in this community are not even taking a vitamin D supplement. So as we review here, hopefully you understand how important vitamin D is, not just for everyday use, but during this time when there's not a lot of sun, number one. Number two, realize that there's not a lot of food products out there that contain vitamin D. And number three, if you're going to take a supplement, know the company, know how they're made. Are they synthesized? Are they cold pressed? These things are important to make sure you're getting a good quality supplement when it comes to vitamin D. Now, one last bit of information that I think it's important is that if you are taking medications, I think it's important for you to talk to your doctor about how much vitamin D to take. Because sometimes low sunlight isn't the only problem. Certain medications, for instance, can hurt the vitamin D levels. There is a long, long list that can have an effect on how well you absorb, right, making it bioavailable, how well you absorb vitamin D. And just to give you an example, a few of these medications would be medications for high blood pressure or high cholesterol specifically. So talk to your doctor about this. Because if you're taking multiple medications, you might even think about a comprehensive medication review 
Talk to your doctor about all these medications you're on. Maybe you find out you don't have to be on them. And it may help you find some of the side effects and interactions that you didn't even know about. So as we close, vitamin D is so important and it is notoriously tough to get enough vitamin D in the wintertime. So do yourself a favor, do a little bit of research, go get some good quality vitamin D. If you don't know what type of vitamin D to get, please ask me. You can contact me at uh, Camp Hill Family Chiropractic. My number is 717-761-8840. You can email us at info at campbellchiro.com. You don't have to be a patient to ask me questions. I'm here to help out this community, the Wellness 717 community of Central Pennsylvania to make better decisions, to make sane decisions, not just for you, but your whole family. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode on talking about vitamin D and sunlight and how important it is to you and your family. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes on sugar and inactivity, please do so. This perfect storm, boy, we can be really healthy in the wintertime. We don't have to call it the flu season. We don't have to call it the allergy season, the headache season, the sinus season. You can make good decisions and keep yourself healthy in the winter if you delete sugar or limit it in your life, during, especially during this time of the season. Start moving and go get some vitamin D. I'm Dr. Jeff Ludwig. I hope you enjoyed this podcast of the Wellness 717. And if you liked it, please share it. And wherever you're listening to this, I ask you to subscribe to that channel so you will be alerted when our next episode will be, which is always every Monday at 12 o'clock noon. I'm Dr. Jeff Ludwig. And as always, as we end this podcast and we begin our week, I ask you to be well and be blessed.